If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is, the Mickey Zizzy podcast. Good morning, everybody. It is episode Who died and took me to heaven because the Miami Dolphins have a playoff chance. Guys, it is NFL Sunday morning. It's going to be a good day. We got a lot to talk about. We got, obviously, NFL. I'm hyping it up already. We got some NBA updates. Of course, the college football playoffs third up this weekend, and then our person of the week. So, Mickey Hines, I'm glad you were able to join us. I believe you're working mobily today, but uh, what's going on, Mickey? Happy New Year, Mr. Zizzy. It's a great day, kind of foggy here. Like I said, I am doing a little bit of travel. I'm doing some big, big plans here uh, for 2021, so I'm starting off the year nice and right, going and accomplishing goals. That's one thing I'm trying to do this year is last year I hit 16 of 20 goals and now this year I'm set 15 goals. I'm going to try to get all 15, but, uh, okay. Mr. Yankovic, it's been a great year of 2020 starting our podcast and now we're continuing to 2021. Granted, it hasn't been our podcast calendar year yet. That's around March, April time, but, uh, we're going to keep this things rolling with the person of the week. Mr. Zizzy, who is your person of the week? My person or people of the week, uh, this week, Actually goes out to my two older brothers. Why? Because this has been a week, or I should say a few weeks, of just holidays. And it's a time of remembering what's important. Um, my, both my brothers have had their first kids in the past year. Another, um, another one is on the way for my brother Kyle. But it's just been really cool to see them grow up, uh, continue to be, like, obviously they're more mature than I am. But uh, continue to grow as a family, continue to see them be great parents, um, to do it during the holidays, especially when a time where a lot of us are going to be around family, that was super cool for me. So th- those are my people of the week, my two brothers. Nice. We always like to shout out family here on the podcast. And I know we've been kind of bending the rules. We say person of the week and we say people because I also have a people of the week for my side of the person of the week here segment. And that is actually you, Mr. Zizzy. And- whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. And Javon Spradley for showing your hospitality and letting us come on down to Florida for uh, my vacation break, my winter break. I've always said I'm going to try to stay connected to you all, and it was so great to see all of you down in Florida. It was definitely a lot better than here in the frozen tundra Iowa right now. But uh, I just want to truly say thank you for, you know, letting us come there. I know you're letting us stay in your room with uh, me and Haley. So I want to say thank you so much. And uh, it meant a lot, especially this break and bringing in the new year pretty much with um, you too. Yeah, no, hey, I appreciate it. Obviously, we knew you were coming down. We were excited to see you guys too. I was excited to meet Haley. Um, either way, we knew it was going to be a good time. So it's not a big deal at all. No problem with do it again. We'll do it anytime. You feel free to come down anytime. I know it'll probably be the same way with me coming up there. I'm sure I'll come up there in the next few months oh, or yeah. something. But coming out. So either way. Yeah, I'm happy you can make it. Like, don't, no need to thank me, but I appreciate you. Bro. Speaking of kind of the reasons why I came down to Florida was I had the absolute pleasure to go see the Chicago Bears live in person yeah, against the now number one seed pick Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's what I'm going to start with our week 16 NFL recap team, because, you know, it's a Chicago Bears podcast. Oh, my God. It is never a Chicago Bears podcast. It is your Chicago Bears <laughs> section of every podcast. We are not a Bears podcast. We, If anything, we have declared ourselves as a Kyler Murray podcast, if anything. 
Speaking of any Kyle really do bad, you know, here in a few hours, but uh, <laughs> it'll be tough with Walford or whatever starting for the Rams. But I want to talk about how amazing, first off, that stadium was. And the people were actually super nice as well. But the big thing there is I felt like I was almost sitting at home, but I was there in person because I wasn't crowded between a ton of people. We had our own row. We had, you know, only each family or each group had their own rows. And we were, shoot, 25, you know, rows away from the front row. So, like, we got really nice tickets. And it was such, you know, a unique experience because this was my first NFL game. To be there at Jacksonville, seeing, first of all, my guy, Mr. Basically, the first touchdown be scored right in front of my eyes. They kicked the, you know, PAT after. I'm right there. Like, you can see me through the net. Like, I'm standing right there. So, I mean, first off, you know, Jacksonville was a great place to go watch a football game. Granted, it helped win the Chicago Bears put up a 40-piece. But, uh, you know, I just have to uh, really acknowledge how great that game was in being there. But uh, it was so cool seeing them in person. I'm like, wow, I saw that in person when I go looked at SportsCenter or, you know, any other recap of the NFL later that night. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, it's your favorite team. You're getting to see – I mean, you're out there snapping Tango. Tango, let's go, bitch. Like, I, I, like that, it was just cool to see you out there. But, I mean, then the game itself, they end up winning. I'm not sure if them losing to the Jaguars would have just been, like, totally demoralizing <laughs> for you out there. But – that, that was obviously good. And then to see the offense uh, continue to succeed. Again, they're continuing the streak of scoring over 30 points, first time since 65 that they've continued to do this. And now it's, what, four or five weeks in a row. Oh, yeah. um, Mitch has taken back over. He's been a completely different quarterback. And if he continues to play like this, it'd be something else. Now, however, let's not forget the one interception he threw. That one was pretty ugly. However, we will um, we will move on. He is he has continued to improve. The Bears look good. You guys do have a shot today, but with the Packers playing um, everybody, I'm, I'm still I'm still skeptical. Big guy continuing to improve the offense, continuing to score over 30 points a game since uh, continuing that streak that they've had, which was the first time since 65. Uh, they obviously get the win. You're there. I mean, it was all positive for the Bears. Um, Mitch had that one horrible interception. But other, oh, than yeah. that, other than that, he has looked pretty darn good ever since his return. So um, I get, I give them props, and the Bears have, have won out since you said they needed to. I just, uh, I just need – I'm just, I just, it's hard today because they're going into a week 17 game against the Packers who are going to start everybody, it seems like. So yep. it's going to come down to today, but it's going to be a big game. And I'm, at, I actually think it's going to be a barn burner. I'm excited to see it. No, you exactly said it. This offense has finally came alive because I've heard so many people, they never, I've been saying it from the get go. I'll pull up every Bears recap I had from after every single game. I was never a believer in Nick Foles. We can go to every single podcast we had. But just seeing the run game, first of all, be lethal again, that's amazing because our offensive line has finally got to play together a few weeks in a row. I've been saying that for the past. David Montgomery is a surefire starter. Oh, he is. He is a phenomenal back, is another 1,000-yard rusher. Like, you can't hate on David Montgomery. He's just a nitty-gritty type of guy. And I absolutely love David Montgomery. I I wish him the best, and hopefully he stays with Chicago. He's even better than Jordan Howard, who we had in the past. But uh, Mitch – Seeing him in person, too, just being himself. I didn't see too much, like, swagger on him, but he was focused. He was locked in. He was throwing dimes over here doing the airplane arms after Jimmy Graham scored. And it was so cool to see them perform in person. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. But at the same time, I'm also looking at, like, that one interception. 
Mitch was running back and forth like a dang soccer team going back and forth. And then he throws the pick. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, Mitch. That's where you can take from being good to great steps right there. If he would have went and either ran it in, found someone on the backside, you know, controlling the offense with his eyes and pointing. I know Patrick Mahomes does that all the time. But seeing Mitch just really thrive against these teams, and granted, I said they were all winnable, and they have been. Granted, we should have beat the Lions and the Vikings. We would not even have to do the win-and-in scenario. But I'm so excited to see, you know, this team moving forward. And my last kind of point about the game was Roquan Smith is the biggest snub about a pro bowler I've ever seen. He says, oh, you snubbed me? I think uh, he had around like five to ten tackles. Eight tackles. Uh, Eight tackles. And the thing I was going to get into, two interceptions. He said, I'm going to go be a ball hawk and get two interceptions because y'all snubbed me. Roquan is leading the league in tackles. I think it's solo tackles or something like that. He's leading the league. Yank, how do you not let the guy who's leading the league in tackles slash solo tackles into the Pro Bowl? I'm blasphemous. Like, I think he had a better year than Khalil Mack. I'll take that hot take any day of the week. Now, Khalil Mack just has that that name, so he automatically kind of gets in. But you look at Rokon Smith. He put up the numbers. He put up the plays. He was making playmaking. You know, I'm just – Smith did not make it. Uh, I mean, I'll give you that. I do believe that Roquan Smith uh, got snubbed this year. I mean, I think snub. that – I mean, it's also like Khalil Mack. Did he actually make the Pro Bowl this year? He did. Him and Khalil yeah, Patterson did again. Thing because, honestly, I mean, Khalil Mack only had, I want to say, like 45 tackles or something this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Game that. I, think that he's in, I think that he's incredible. Yeah, I think uh, com- when you compare the stats, I really want to say that Roquan Smith had like 120-plus tackles. Yeah. Khalil Mack only having 45-50. I think where it comes in, though, is like I-, I don't know how the voting goes, but it is the name. You're right, because on a talent level, Khalil Mack is still elite. It's just the fact that at this point he's dominated for so- for so- a few seasons in a row to the point to where he gets like triple teamed every single play. Yeah. So it's a completely different type of look as what he had the first few years when nobody was like what he had the first few years is what Roquan's getting now because everyone's still looking at Khalil Mack because if they stop looking at Khalil, he's going to tear him up. So it's kind of hard to judge on that. But at the same time, I'm with you. Roquan still deserves that vote. He had the stats this year. He went off this past weekend. The Bears defense continues to keep teams under 20 points for the most part. And when your offense is scoring over 30-plus, that's why you guys start winning games all of a sudden. I mean, you guys dropped 21 points in the third quarter. Mitch's QBR continues to be at least above 80 every single game since he's been back for the most part, I'm pretty sure. Um, Yeah, they've looked good. Montgomery's coming back. I mean, the Bears do look good. It just comes down to the final week, and I'm as a bad man on the other side too. And here's my real quick kind of recap on that, that being – They've all been saying it all week. I've been listening to uh, interviews and whatnot. Is there's no better team to beat to get into the playoffs than your rivals, that being the Green Bay Packers, the number one seed. And to be the um, Debbie Downer on their parade of being the first seed, the, oh, playoffs are going to go through Lambeau. Like, it would be great to lose to the Bears. And then the Seahawks surpass them being the number one seed. I think that'd be amazing. You know, Chicago has a lot they are playing for. And with that being said, that offense has scored 30. That defense has to finally come Aaron Rodgers last I think two QB no sacks. And granted, no one likes to talk about Green Bay's offensive line, and I want to make it a point right now. Green Bay's offensive line might be the best offensive line in the NFL. And backers is, oh, no, they're not, no, that. That's just them being stubborn that their team's not good because Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a good team. Stop that, Yank. Actually go watch the Packers play 
and watch how much time Aaron Rodgers has. My man could go pull out a chair, drink some tea time like with us last week, and then go still continue to throw a ball. And that offensive line is phenomenal. I know they're left. Or not below. ACL, which kind of stinks. That offensive line is phenomenal. And I actually want to give the Green Bay Packer offensive line credit to make A.J. Dillon kind of shine. Dillon is not good, and that's going to be the team I talk about next. No. Uh, talk about here in the future. But uh, that's kind of my last little intake. The Bears got to score 30, get to Rodgers. They sack Rodgers three times. We're winning the football game. Uh, I want to take a bold statement there. But uh, that's my recap on the Bears. Super excited because I got to see them in person. I mean – I, I wouldn't be able to put anything on the Bears going against the Packers, but that's just because I do have faith in somebody who I believe will win MVP this year, and that would be Aaron Rodgers. Now, I give you – I think it's going to be a much better game than what Packers fans think it's going to be. I think Packers fans are thinking that this isn't even going to be close. I think that it's going to be quite the opposite. I think it's going to be a game. Um, however, I think it will be come down to – the most important position at the end of the day, which is the quarterback. And I think that the Packers have the better one. I understand that um, the Packers do have a better defense than what people give credit for. The Packers have obviously developed Lazard and Valde- Valdez handling a little a little bit more. Um, and then Devontae Adams, an absolute superstar. Uh, Aaron Jones has become a superstar. So, yeah, they're pretty loaded at this point. Now, if they had drafted another wide receiver, I don't, I don't know how – anybody would really be guarding them with how Aaron Rodgers is playing this year. But um, with that being said, I think it's going to be a good game. I'll take the Packers. I know you're going to take the Bears because you're speaking it into existence, but that'll be my take for now. I've been saying I didn't think they were going to be able to come back after they lost so many games in a row. I got to stay with my statement. I was already wrong about the Mitch and Nick Foles controversy, so I'll give you credit for that. But I think I still just think it's still going to be too little too late. You there? Good. good. Yep, yep. Sorry, though. Just the reconnecting issues and whatnot. But, uh, no, like you said, I mean, it's really going to come down. You know, it sucks that it comes down to this game, but this is why they schedule Green Bay Packers Week 17 to, you know, hype up the drama even more. And are we going to see 145 Rodgers today? Uh, we've, we only seen, see we've only seen 145 Rodgers. I mean, if the Bears defense can limit that. And hopefully, yeah, twice, and hopefully we'll see it three times, and it'll be an awesome case to see the Bears yeah. ruin. Yeah, uh, and then switching over from that, if we're talking rivals going into that? Week 17, obviously I'll talk about the Dolphins a little bit. It's going to be interesting going into today. So we're playing the Bills. I have yet to see officially if they're playing all of their starters today. Um, I believe I believe they are as well, which means I that think they the are Dolphins are going to have to show it to play. And it also depends on what goes on at the quarterback position. Obviously, after last week, yes, did we get the win when we needed it? Yes, we win 26.5. Nobody cares about what the score is. We just want the W. That's what we needed. We got it. Cool, move on. But the big question after the game, obviously, Tua gets pulled again at the end of the game. Fitzpatrick comes in, or should I say Fitzmagic, and comes in and throws 180 yards and a touchdown and whatever to win the game, at the, or not a touchdown, but comes in and gets a field goal. Uh, to win the game at the end, and we end up winning. 
Tua is still going to start today. I still believe in him. I still think he's a great quarterback. He hasn't really made the mistakes. Even last week when he got pulled, he was 17 for 22. I mean, he had a great stat line. Um, as far as completion percentage, he had one touchdown, no interceptions, uh, no fumbles. So again, no turnovers. But, again, we got to move the ball down the field. we got to start picking yards when Fitzpatrick's coming in and throwing the same uh, – like having the same amount of completions in one quarter, but doubling your yards, like it, it shows. That's a veteran. That's a veteran versus rookie. Yep. I know we didn't have an off-season training camp, and he will be better, I believe, even next season. But we're trying to make a playoff run right now because we're right there. We have a real shot at it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens today. I still got faith in the kid, even if he doesn't play that well. We have a very good backup who has continued to play great all season. Um, but we're going against we're going against a very 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 good. Who's your backup? So it's gonna be, it's obviously nerve wracking, but I'm confident. I feel like the, uh, the Dolphins we have a solid defense. We'll be able to frustrate Josh Allen hopefully a little bit today. Um, we'll be able to slow down stuff on offense too. Yeah, Yank. So. The big yes, thing here is Fitzmagic is I just, re- I just realized that because I was week, looking at the updates. Yeah, he's COVID. out for COVID. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if, if your Dolphins get down, they don't have Fitzmagic to save the day. So, I'm really said, Yeah, never mind. Tua's got a ball. What'd you say right there? Oh. He does. Yeah. Now you don't have Daddy Fitzmagic back there saying, "Hey, I got we, you. We, you're not the doing thing well. is, you're not The doing thing, thing well. is, yes, I would know. I just came up okay. like I was just sitting here saying, like, "Yeah, we've got Fitzmagic just in case." All this, like, and that's a backup and not everything. But yeah. at the same time, Tua has won games by himself. Now he's proven that in two separate games against the Rams. Well, not against the Rams. My bad. That was totally defense. I was talking the Cardinals. Yeah, he had the Cardinals, and he played very well still against. Um, <laughs> I'm blanking right now, but either way. No, yeah. No, and I, I mean, Tua can win. We've seen it before. He, he has that defense to lean on as well, yeah. and you need both sides of the football to be a successful football program, and Tua does have that. And he's performing just, I mean, just barely enough. The bare minimum to be a winning quarterback. Anything which that is, I've been I mean, saying since um, we've seen him take over as a starter. Loses. He has not proven that he's going to absolutely dominate yet. And he hasn't gotten the yards. I believe he only has one game over 300 yards. Um, but he's proven that he is a game manager, at least until this point. And that's all that you really need as far as what we needed to this point. Like We just need someone to step in, not make mistakes, because our defense has been playing so well. And our offense will score enough to win the game. But when you're going against a team like the Bills today, who's had this explosive offense and has come out and scored 40 points against some of the best teams, like – Today's probably going to be a day where he has to come out and throw for 300, 350, and three touchdowns. So we're going to see what happens. I'm so happy you did bring up the Buffalo Bills because (laughs) nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. Shout out to Stefan Diggs, King Diggs. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen me being so extra on social media this past weekend, I was down by 40 points, 1% chance to win my trophy league, fantasy football league. And Stefan Diggs says, Mickey, you drafted me this year. I got you. I have the best stats as a receiver this year. Go look them up. Let me take care of you and put one of my best games I've ever played before for you. I said, Stefan, you do that. I was hanging out with Haley, blind guy Pete, and the bartender Mike. 
And we were all just chilling watching this game, social distance, all that jazz. And out of nowhere in the third slash fourth quarter, Stephon Diggs gets a touchdown from a rolling out Josh Allen. Now, first of all, I got to shout out that, Yank. I'm beyond happy that I scored 41 points with Stephon Diggs. But that's the thing I want to bring up. Stephon Diggs is definitely top four, three, you know, receivers in the NFL. And he is just happy. This Buffalo Bills team is happy. They're playing backyard football right now. And Josh Allen should, uh, I kind of want to throw him into the MVP case just a little bit for how he's been performing here in the later weeks. But uh, this Buffalo Bills team is going to be a great matchup for any AFC team for the playoffs. And I would be scared for the Dolphins because they want that number two seed over Pittsburgh. So, I mean, they're going to come out fighting. They want to make sure that they're the AFC East champs for sure. But, uh, Yank, I would be a little bit worried too. I mean, granted, the Dolphins are playing for a whole lot more trying to get into the playoffs. But uh, that Bills offense is one yeah, bad and I mean, squad. It, so, like I said, it's a tough team. They're top, they're top in the AFC or one of the top teams in the AFC for a reason. And they're going to come out and it's a rival game in the AFC East. I would expect nothing less for them. Uh, nothing less than for them to come out and really – Try and put it to him. Again, the Dolphins played well all year. Honestly, we've got a coach who I believe should be yeah, coach the- of the year this year. Um, yeah, I really believe that. I mean, yes, yeah, Stefanski has obviously turned it around. Well, the Browns, and the Browns went today, and they get in the playoffs for the first time. And I don't know. Uh-huh. But can you imagine that, Yank? The Browns it's going to maybe eleven. There's a lot of there's a lot of things to talk about. That's such a Browns move today. I mean, and I know. The AFC, really, only because I feel I so know. sorry for you. We got the Dolphins, we got the Browns, we got the Ravens, the Colts. All of us are just right on this bubble line. Colts. It, it could go either way today. It just all depends, really, on the results of all. Browns have a hard game against Pittsburgh. Dolphins have a hard end. game against Buffalo. Winning in. The Ravens honestly have the easiest game uh, today against the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, it honestly looks great. And the Colts are going to oh, play yeah. your 1-14 Jaguars. So, those two teams have much easier games than the Dolphins. <laughs> so really, um, we're just hoping – I'm hoping that the Steelers put it to the Browns and the Dolphins got to perform today. So, that's what it is. The Dolphins control their own destiny. I'm a Dolphins fan. That's all I'm hoping for is for a Dolphins dub. You know, and I'm kind of on that train a little bit. Like I said, we said last uh, episode that we would love to see the Dolphins and the Bears in the playoffs just so we can talk about our teams, you know. One more week, one more week here and uh, continue on the playoffs. But I'm so excited for the NFL playoffs. We finally made it to, you know, week 17. We have uh, Peter and Mickey Zizzy podcast, NFL Pickums. Me and Ben Alger are in the lead. We have three different picks. I changed it up, Yank, from taking the New York Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Go on a three-game win streak. Beat the Patriots. Beat Stiddy I don't think Cam's going to start at the end of the day. So, I mean – we will have a winner unless Steven Ruiz somehow I, I got to wait for his picks. He's sending them to me here before the game start. And I'll calculate that out if Steve has a chance as well. But I mean, we have three different picks. I'm super excited. Thank you everyone for doing the NFL beat the Mickey's Izzy podcast. You there, man? Well, 
Repeat that oh, yeah, again. You're good. I was saying how excited I am for the uh, NFL playoffs and how the big, the Mickey Zizzy podcast has went really well. And thanks everyone for that. Yeah, of course, of course. And obviously the pickums has been really, really fun and cool and interactive with all the people out there that have been listening to the podcast. We're excited to see who wins. Uh, personally, obviously we have some bias because we want to see the trophy come home to us. <laughs> um, so I got a root for my man Mickey today. Because it's not looking like I got any shot anymore. I believe I have been mathematically eliminated as well. Um, so, got to got to root for Mickey. Got to bring it home today for us, man. Like, go ahead. It's going to be close between you and Ben. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm not sure how I feel about all of your picks, <laughs> but I mean, you got to do something different to try and win. So I feel that. Um, but other headlines from Week 16. Just so we'll do a quick recap. Obviously, Alvin Kamara with a six touchdown performance on Christmas Day. Uh, uh, Tom Brady throwing for 350 yards and four touchdowns. Please, someone tell me how the person I was playing against in the fantasy championship for $500 had Alvin Kamara and Mike <laughs> Evans on the same team. Please, somebody tell me that. Anyway, uh, moving on. The 49ers stun the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, are you going to have a win or a loss uh, today? Are you guys going to help somebody in the playoff race? We don't know. Uh, the Chiefs win a close one against the Falcons. That was close to see. Obviously, the Jets with another upset win. They go against the Browns, who didn't have any receivers. I'm not really going to comment on that. Yep. Uh, the Colts and Steelers had a great game. The Pittsburgh with the late comeback showed up. Their offense finally showed up again. Um, and then, obviously, moving forward, the Ravens continue to win. The Bengals get another win in the game against a low, uh, low-seed Texans team. Uh, we can talk about the J.J. Watt rant. If anybody hasn't seen that, I suggest you look it up. Um, everybody else, moving on. Anybody else you want to talk about? Jalen Hurts gets brought back down to earth. Anything on that? <laughs> uh, but, yeah. And break the ultimate record, that being six touchdowns. We could have had a seven touchdown game by Alvin Kamara, but, you know, Sean Payton put in uh, uh, Taysom Hill. And then they had another opportunity. They're like, hey, Alvin, go out and get it. Sorry, dude. And then you have uh, Yuhu, the kicker for uh, Atlanta Falcons. (laughs) Absolutely blows it. Another way the Atlanta Falcons blows another game. So that's just funny to see. Sorry, Falcons fans. I shouldn't be laughing because I've had kicker problems for my team myself. But uh, moving on forward with that, uh, Jalen Hurts, yeah, I mean, wasn't his best game, best performance, but he's going to have a nice matchup here against the Washington football team and potentially beat them and ruin their chances at hat day. I know that's a big thing for the Eagles right now. They're saying no hats, no hats. So we're going to see if there's no hats being worn today for the Washington football team. And hopefully Jalen Hurts can do that. But, uh, and yeah, that J.J. Watt rant was, you know, like I got hyped up for it. I'm like, yes, he's so right. And J.J. Watt is just a huge leader himself. A Walter Payton of the Year uh, award winner once upon a time. And whatever J.J. Watt says, you do. I mean, it's kind of, you know, end all. So, but yeah. Yeah, moving on then. So, do you want to stick with football oh, and talk a little bit of college? All right, let's move on. I know we haven't talked college as much this year, everybody, but let's be honest. It's just been a weird year for college football. We have a team that people weren't saying sh- that's they were saying they shouldn't be in because they've only played six games. But let's talk about a few different things after what we learned 
this weekend in college football? Where do you want to start? Which oh, game? Oh, of course, the one you talked about, the one that said, oh, six games, they should that, oh, what? And then Dabo Sweeney saying, oh, you're 11th? 11th best team in the comp, uh, in the nation, da-da-da-da-da. Blasphemous, Yank. Ohio State came out. Justin Fields was football guy of the year, nitty-gritty. He got blown up. That hit was not targeting, by the way. I can't wait to talk about that with you. But no, it was not. That hit was not targeting. He looked where he was uh, going to hit. He uh-huh. hit him right in the ribs. I mean, he wasn't trying to lead with his helmet. But uh, that wasn't targeting. We can talk about that. But I'm going to recap that Ohio State game. And I had just had that feeling that, you know, Ohio State's going to win this game. And they started scoring and scoring and scoring. And Justin Fields said, hey, I know Jacksonville wants Trevor Lawrence, but uh, you want to take me first round pick. So, I mean, Justin Fields put on a show. He showed his true grit of a gamer. He's a gamer type of player. And he told his coach, like, we're not losing this game. For a player to look you in your eyes and say, I'm not going to lose this game, that's a story within itself that gets me excited. So Ohio State definitely deserved it. And the biggest thing, the last take I want to say about them was Clemson is a great football team. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a winner. We've talked about that. Like, Trevor, sorry your career might have went out as a loss. You might come back, and I could probably see him coming back to win that championship one more time. But, Yank, if every day you were working out, and you saw the score of the last football game you played last season. Do you think that would motivate you? Of course. I mean, it motiv- that's what the Buckeyes did with – that's what Ohio State did with Clemson that, from last year. That's exactly why I'm bringing it up. Every day they worked out. It was the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl from last year, that score. And every day they're working out, they look over at that score. That's how our season ended. And they finally got the chance to go to pretty much the same game and get to the national championship and beat the team that knocked you out last year. All that motivation, all that working out, all that staring at the image for 365 days, finally got to come to a close, and it paid off. And Ohio State definitely deserved it. Uh, they showed that they definitely uh, deserved to be in the college football playoffs. I mean, yes. So everyone was wondering, is a six-game, like they've only played six games, do they deserve to be in the playoff? Obviously, they proved that yesterday. So we don't need to ask that anymore. And honestly, none of us are really asking that from a talent level. It was just a sheer matter of uh, how many games have they played? Like, do they have enough on their plate to really put them in the discussion? Well, now we know for sure. They were the right team to be in there. They win by 21 against a team that has been dominant against pretty much everybody else. Uh, Justin Fields, I mean, yeah, what can you really say about a six-touchdown performance? Almost 400 Woo! yards. I mean, it, it was it was insane. And then on top of that, he's running on the ground for almost another 50. So he was incredible. The entire team was honestly incredible. But – I, I can't I can't do this whole where people are starting to say like Justin Fields gotta jump him in the draft. I don't now. think so either, but I can't say that. Um I mean Trevor Lawrence still had four hundred yards. Like he, he still had two touchdowns. He still um ran for a touchdown. He he was trying I mean, he did what I felt like he needed to do, but when your defense allows fifty points, I mean it, it is what it is. It it Football is a team game. As much as one person can win a game, it is still going to be a team game at the end of the day. So he loses for the second time in his college career. Not really a big deal. I think he'll still go out and be the number one pick in the draft. 
and he'll have a great career. I mean, he's what, 83 and four, 83 and five yep. or something four. now. Like, yeah, 83 and four since high school. So I think he'll be just fine. Uh, but this was all about the Ohio State Buckeyes. This was just all about them, like you said, the preparation, the remembrance of last year, the just reminiscing and focusing and ruminating on it. And just the workouts, the attitude. We saw Justin Fields pushing for reinstating the Big Ten season when COVID shut everything down. Yep. Like they have been pushing for everything. They have fought for every inch this season. And it's well deserved. And they like won one said. game. Yeah, it's well deserved. It's a story. And they're one game away from taking it all. So we'll see what happens. But they've got to be the favorites, I think, going into the actually. Ah, uh, it's tough. Can't say that. They're seven That's game underdog. They're seven point underdogs. No, it's tough. I don't know. Maybe it's just because maybe I'm just on recency bias with how good Justin Fields looked in this game, but they are going against Alabama, and that's going to be a discussion we're going to have here in a second. Oh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, my last thing about that game was Ohio State, and granted they're in the Big Ten, like, technically I'm not supposed to, like, rooting for them, but I am. I love Justin Fields as a quarterback ever since QB1. I mentioned that last podcast. And Trevor Lawrence, though, you're a winner, man. You've definitely proved yourself. You're that dude. Um, I'm really interested to see if he, you know, wants to stay and try to win the ship. But when you lose in the semifinal and in the finals in college football, never losing a regular season game, like, you're pretty darn good, all right, at the end of the day, in three years of being in the NFL. So, great for Trevor Lawrence. I wish him the best wherever he goes. But, uh, yeah, Ohio State, like, I know they're seven-point underdogs, but you do not sleep on Ohio State. They definitely proved themselves, like, we're playing in big-time games. We're here. We're ready to go. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about that other playoff game, that being Bama. Roll Tide versus Notre Dame. My biggest thing, I'm sorry, my Notre Dame fans, Notre Dame should never be in the college football playoffs again, no matter how good they are. They have laid goose eggs. They have not been well. They cannot play in big-time games. They don't play the best of the best. Now, I know they beat Clemson this year. Oh, they beat Clemson without their star quarterback, okay? You can beat a team without their star quarterback anywhere. That's why they majority win Heismans or MVPs. But, Zizzy, you get blown out by me. At least give them a shot. Like, compete until the second half, you know? In that first quarter, I was like, oh, it's over. Let's get to the Ohio State game. So, I mean, go Bama. Uh, Devontae Harris, right, is a mm-hmm. beast of a player. I kind of – Devontae Smith. Smith, yeah. my bad, my bad. Smith um, is a beast. Uh, Mac Jones, which you called out from the beginning of the year. Shout out you, Yank. Uh, you know, a Heisman potential, which I don't think he will. But uh, Bama just showed that, hey, it's our year. We're back to being the best college football team since, you know, three years ago when they were. So, I mean, I know Cheyenne's super happy, but uh, Alabama just took Notre Dame to bed and hopefully really ended their chance to ever make the college football playoffs again. I See, here's the thing. I know that there is this narrative around Notre Dame because for, I want to say, for the better part of the decade, almost two decades now, then, yeah, they just have not shown up or performed in these big-time games. I understand that. But when it comes to this season, I just want to focus on this season. I don't want to focus on that narrative because I think people are saying it after this game, this season, and I don't think it's fair. Because let's think about Alabama in general. Like, they do this to everybody. 
everybody, Mickey. For and the it's past not two just years, like, though? what? Bama's been MIA okay, for the past yeah, two years. Everybody except Clemson. This is my point. This is my point. Like Alabama's done this to everybody except Clemson. Uh, LSU? Like people having other SEC big dog teams. What do you mean, LSU? LSU have one dream season. Hey, one they, dream season last year. One dream season. They proved themselves. Okay. It was the best college football team we've ever seen. So that's one year on that. But other than that, like when you look at the other big dogs in the SEC, like the last not like last nine games against Florida, they're nine and zero. Score difference over doubled uh, is like twenty plus points or over two touchdowns, like difference in points per game. And then when you look at um, Georgia over the last decade, they're five and zero against Georgia. Again, 20 points per game difference. And so it's like the same thing when you look at so many other teams that play against Bama. So, like, when you're coming into this game, all of us were saying this. We already were questioning, like, Notre Dame, should they even be in there? Because we saw them play Clemson with Trevor Lawrence and already get blown out. Like, to us, that was already the red flag. Like, for us this season, I didn't think they were good enough to make it to begin with just because of that game. Like, they're, they were given so much credit for beating a Clemson team without – the number one draft pick. So yeah. they were given a bunch of credit for that. I'm not saying they should have even been there to begin with, but for everybody to turn around and take this game, I think, and make it a microcosm of the entire narrative, I just think is unfair because Bama literally does this to everybody. Now, will they do it against Ohio State? We're going to find out. But for the most part, over the past 15 seasons, this is just what Bama does. And Notre Dame, with the previous narrative coming in, we already expected this. So why is it a surprise and why are people getting so up in arms and bent out of shape about this? I mean, the reason why I am is because, yeah, I mean, the past two years, Bama, I mean, they missed it, shoot, last year or the year before that. And Clemson, I know- is, the team, Clemson is the only team that has a better – has that Alabama has a negative points differential against in the past – four seasons but my thing here is for notre dame is if you're the real deal the top dog and you want to be the best of the best to be the man you got to beat the man call me rick flair but you know you have this you have the perfect opportunity to prove yourself as a football program and you get obliterated come on now they should always went to the you know let texas a&m come in and let them have a rematch that would have been you know exciting but Like, like you said, you know, I don't think that Clemson win. I mean, granted, it was credible. I mean, only one person was out, and that was Trevor Lawrence. And they went to overtime and whatnot. That was credible, and they did win, you know, win out besides that. So, I mean, technically, yes, but I think, you know, maybe one or two other teams should have went in. I know, and we had that discussion last yeah. week. We talked about some teams like Texas A&M and Oklahoma, and I, I think that is exactly – I still think that stands now because I just think that first win against Clemson was way too much to begin with. But at the end of the day, this is what they had. This is what we were given with the top four teams coming into this game. I can't really say that a lot of people really expected Notre Dame to win. So now that they're if they're not expected to win and then they lose, I don't feel I just didn't understand everybody jumping down their throat. I understand this long-standing narrative, and I know you're talking about to be the man, you got to beat the man. I'm with you on that, but. It, again, like, this is what we expected, guys. Come on. And, I mean, my last point about college football playoffs, uh, how about them Sooners, huh? Spencer <laughs> Rattler proving himself, and that was my fourth team going into the new year, starting our podcast with who's going to be the final four. Um, they should have been in, shoot, putting up record-breaking numbers in the 
their bowl game. It was phenomenal to see, and Spencer Rattler becoming that dude. Uh, excited for Oklahoma's, you know, future, but they are also very not inconsistent. But when they play bad, they play awful, and when they play good, they play record-breaking numbers. So I got a shout out Oklahoma, Texas A and M. You know, got some dubs there, and then uh, Florida, uh, the Trask kid, right? Trask. Yeah, Kyle Trask. He uh, just lost his Heisman uh, yep. chance. So, uh, <laughs> yep. Rest in peace to that. And uh, Cincinnati, man, they were so close to beating the Bulldogs. That being Georgia, so close. And they lost. Uh, mm-hmm. I know at the end. The, what about another great story for the year? Exactly. You know, Cincinnati going 10-0. and And maybe should they have been in the playoffs because Georgia is a great team. But uh, at least they didn't get blown out. I mean, they competed. Georgia's a very good football program as well, successful in the past. But uh, Cincinnati's going to be a team to look out for, especially next year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the Oklahoma-Florida Gators game, I'm with you. We've been talking about Spencer Rattler uh, since before the season started. We expect him to play well. Comes out with those teams with three touchdowns and no turnovers. I mean, obviously, phenomenal. The running back, Stevenson, has almost 200 yards on the ground. Marcus Major has over 100 yards on the ground. Like, they just obliterated the Gator defense. And then on top of that, Kyle Trask, like you said, just destroys his Heisman finalist chances in my well, he is a finalist, but his Heisman chances with oh, the yeah. reception performance, like can't do that. That's gonna kill him. And then to be honest, in my opinion, uh the coach, uh, Mullen or whatever, he comes out and, and honestly embarrasses himself at what I thought was the press conference. I mean, like I understand that you have people out for COVID. I understand that you have but like you don't come out and say that like you shouldn't have played the game or that this like you're forfeit. Like, come on now, you got to have yeah. some sense of pride. You got to swallow your pride. You got you got to do something to show that you have some type of fight spirit. Like to me, it was just it took it was soft. I took that as soft. Oh no doubt. I mean, I completely agree. You don't say we should have been playing in this game. Like, I mean, granted, it wasn't that extent, but like, come on now. Yeah, exactly. So that was my takes on that. And I know I'm already kind of like a Florida hater because I like the Seminoles more than I like the Gators. But at the same time, like, come on now. As a coach, when you're the head of a program, I think that's, that's such a bad precedent. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, super excited to you know, keep on talking about college football. And uh, I am beyond excited to see what Ohio State can do against Bama. And right now, if you had to ask me who I'm going to take, of course I'm rooting for Ohio State. I love rooting against Chiamino's uh, Alabama team. But I'm real. It's tough, man. Like if Ohio State plays like that, they're the best team in the nation. I mean, it's plain as day. They're beating a very good Clemson team. So I mean, as of right now, I'm gonna take Ohio State just because I want to see Bama lose. I, I'm a big, you know, Bama hater. It's okay. Um, but at the same time, if Bama wins, like okay, Bama definitely deserves it. Like I understand why they won. You know, I'd be okay with it because they are the number one team in college football. Yeah, and I think it'll be a great matchup. I think it'll be more offense than defense, to be honest. Uh, just because if Justin Fields comes out and comes out and plays like that, and the Buckeyes' offense is anything close to what they did against Clemson, they're going to score points, obviously. And then on the other side of the ball with Alabama, you have two Heisman finalists on the same side of the ball with Devontae Smith and Mac Jones. So um, it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be a barn burner personally, but I do think. At the end of the day, that Alabama will come out on top, just because. I mean, they're they're su- they're the most consistent team over the past fifteen. Oh yeah, no doubt. I gotta take the consistency. Uh, do I want Bama to win? 
Uh, I don't know. I actually might be with you. I think it'd be cool to see Justin Fields come out. I think that's more of the bigger story just because of how hard they push for this whole season. They missed half the year. Um, he comes out. They had the big game against Clemson. I mean, Alabama only had to play Notre Dame in the final, in the semifinals that kind of get here. So I, I think it's a bigger story with Ohio State. It'd be more fun to watch if they won, but I do think that Alabama will end up winning. Yeah. No doubt, and uh, I mean that's kind of all I wanted to say. All my take on college football. Super excited to watch the game. Cool. Yeah. The, uh, the New Year's Day games have been awesome. Seeing I- I- Iowa State tumble the Oregon Ducks. So uh, shout out Matt Campbell. I mean I'm a Hawks fan, but you know it's not a bowl game. Like you know you got to give them credit. But uh, yeah. yeah, football, football, football. You know let's kind of change the wave here. And we're about two weeks in. Uh, some five and one teams in the NBA. Yank, where do you want to start for the National Basketball Association? Yeah, well, I mean, with basketball, I mean, obviously, it's for this basically could just be us, like crazy bold predictions or whatever else, because it's still too early to tell us a lot Fact. of things. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy to sit here and look at the Western Conference standings and see the Phoenix Suns in first place. Um, but did we see this though? It's I mean, no, ten and zero in the bubble. Yeah, you, you, we did talk about this. I was, we weren't saying first place now, but we were out here talking about it. I mean, they ended the bubble eight and zero. They looked hot. They got Chris Paul now on this team. Like, this is a good team, guys. Like, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm hopping on the Phoenix Suns bandwagon here. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to be like head over heels for them, but like, they're a very good basketball team. When you have Devin Booker, CP3, and Aiden put up twenty plus points, like. That's a big three in itself. Like, let's rock and roll there, Phoenix. You all got yourselves a basketball team. So, I mean, yeah, I'm really excited to see what this team can do. Facilitator as well. He's been such a facilitator for them, being able to pick up the assists, the double-doubles, the triple-doubles even. And he doesn't always have to score. He is their number two scoring option, it seems. But to be able to facilitate Devin Booker, be able to have the ball out of, in and out of his hands a little bit more, it seems to have helped this team grow even, uh, even from the bubble. Yeah, I'm super excited, you know, for the Phoenix Suns, which, I mean, are a front runner here early. I mean, you can't pull anything too early, you know, like what team is going to be the best and whatnot, as you just said. But yep. uh, Suns are looking hot. You know, the 76ers are also 5-1. and one. I mean, trust the process. We've been trusting it for the past three years. They've been a solid number three seed basketball team. But uh, I'm not going to hype on the 76ers. Um, yeah, I'm not in there either. It's hard to, and we never really know because, I mean, it is early. Joel Embiid, we never know how his health is going to stay. Their biggest issue has been consistency. Uh, ben Simmons does seem to be a little bit more comfortable shooting the ball, which has been kind of good to see. Um, but other than that, I think it's still too early to tell, With uh, especially over in the East, because, I mean, we've got Brooklyn, who's 3-3, three and three, but I feel like on the nights where we've seen them play well, they've looked scary good. Oh, yeah. um, We've got other teams in there like Atlanta can score with the best of them. Your Boston Celtics are three and three, but we know what they can do. Like as of right now, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Heat wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Like if we were, isn't that crazy? Like the yeah, but it's early in the it's early in the season. I mean, my Heat are two and three. We've had a rough start. We had it got blown out by the Bucks, and then we got beat pretty bad. Yeah, so I mean, it it is what it is, but. Um, I think it's really early to tell, obviously, but it's good to see a lot of things. I think with Atlanta, Trey Young has continued to develop, and I think that they are one of the deepest teams I've seen in the NBA with Jamie Collins, DeAndre Hunter. I think like they've got a lot of people that can score and get rebounds. Um, the 76ers obviously leading the conference right now. Will they be consistent? Uh, the Pacers having Victor Oladipo, 
coming back. Sabonis. Yeah, Marcus Brogdon. Sabonis has been absolutely incredible. Um, I know TJ Warren just got hurt last night, so we'll see what happens with that. But still, they've looked pretty dang good to start off the season. The Nets, I think, will continue to uh, grow and will become pretty dominant over there. The Celtics will get better. The Bucks will get better. The Heat will get better. Um, the Hornets, I think LaMelo Ball has started to show up the last few games. Which yeah, been- he has. Yeah, he started to show up. So that's good for your big ball of brand. Um, but, yeah, that's really about it, I would say, over in the East. It's just um, – you have any, like, takes or anything on those? No, I mean, the biggest thing on that is – I'm going to recap a lot of those things that you just said. The Boston Celtics will either play where Jalen Brown plays like an all-star or he doesn't, and Jason Tatum will as well. I mean, they kind of played down in the competition. Now they lost to the Pistons, I think, last night or two nights ago. And that hurts. Like, the Pistons are not that good of a basketball team. And to lose to them, like, we only got 70 games. Granted, it's 10 games only less. But, like, at the same time, we got to start winning. We got to start meshing. And for the Boston Celtics, I know Daniel Thies is still playing uh, quite a bit and whatnot. Tristan Thompson's been in and out. Same with Kemba Walker. So, I mean, once they get fully healthy, which, I mean, it's the beginning of the year, how you already getting hurt. Um, I completely understand them. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Record-breaking three-pointing, like, are they Golden State all year? What? Uh, <laughs> shooting the lights out of the basketball against your Miami Heat team. You know I tweeted at you. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. But uh, like I said, you know, it's just a record-breaking performance by the Milwaukee Bucks. And Giannis is still looking like big boy Giannis. So, I mean, shout out him. I don't know. He probably will not win MVP. I'm not putting my money and all uh, my eggs in his basket for him to win. But then, you know, moving on with uh, the teams that you were talking about, the Hornets are looking decent, you know. They got great team chemistry. And like you said, Lamelo's finally coming alive. I yeah, mean, he just has so much pressure to be good that, you know, when he doesn't do amazing, they're like, oh, he's not that good. And I'm like, he's also still a rookie, y'all. Like, you got to let him cook. Um, just last night he had the same numbers as Lonzo. Actually, one assist better. I think he had 15, 5, and 6. And Lonzo had 15, 5, and 5, like, those are the ball, you know, numbers. Sadly, say I wish they were a little bit higher, but they are definitely meshing, becoming superstars in the league, and I can't wait for, you know, Lonzo and Lamelo to take those bigger steps here in the future. But uh, yeah, Lamelo Ball and the Hornets looks great. I can't wait to get my Buzz City uh, jersey here in the future for my Lamelo Ball jersey, and hopefully Leandro gets picked up. You know, a little big baller brand talk right there, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, NBA is definitely cooking, and you can't put too much. You know, we can't say too much. We only can highlight the things that they have done. Yeah, of course. I mean, and then you look at the West, and like we said with the Suns, we expected them to be pretty good after the bubble, and then they got CP3, and they've only continued to get better. So, see them get off to a hot start has been cool. I would love to see them make the playoffs. Uh, the Pelicans have jumped out to a decent start at 4-2. and two. I mean, Zion's looked incredible. Brandon Ingram, it looks like, took another step in his development. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Clippers and Lakers are doing exactly what we expected them to do to start the season. Uh, the Rockets have been interesting to watch. So they've had a few games postponed, but James Harden, even with being overweight or out of shape, whatever he is, he comes in, drops 40 points a game, basically, it seems like. John Wall actually looks pretty dang good and healthy for right now. Um, the Mavericks are below 500, but I think they'll pick it up. Same thing with the Warriors. The Warriors have actually looked for how – Badly, they started out those first two games. I feel like they've bounced back pretty solid. And uh, Draymond Green's finally back from his injury now. So we'll see what's going on with that. 
uh, yeah, backtracking what you just said. I, the thing I hate is people are hating on Steph Curry because they're not winning right now. He can't carry a team. Da 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 da. Like man's got like thirty plus okay. points, six assists every game. Exactly. Like Steph is definitely balling and whatnot. But it, like for teams to say that, like, or people to say that, like, see that true? That's a true bandwagon. Like, oh, they're bad now. Like Steph's bad. Like, no, Stephon Curry is still one of the best basketball players in the NBA. And just because his team isn't winning that much, like, he still is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what my take about the Golden State Warriors, which, I mean, they definitely are missing Clay. And Draymond Green, like I said, has not been – I don't get why he, you know, is an all-star. He's a 10-5-5 guy. But uh, moving on with that, what you were saying, the Pelicans, woo, my third favorite team, you know, LaMelo's first. But uh, <laughs> it's coming alive. Zion looks a little bit slimmer. He's moving and grooving down there in the paint. And the Pelicans are a team to uh, to reckon with because B.I., Brandon Ingram, is going to be another all-star this year. Lonzo's taking those big steps, and this team is just meshing. You can tell they want to play together, and they want to do better than their ninth seed last year. And they know that they can do it. They can compete with any team in the league on their best night, though. They have to play their best basketball. They can't slack off and be like, oh, we're going to have an off night. Then they're going to get blown out or lose. So that's my take about the Pelicans. I'm excited for them to do well here in the future and then uh the clippers i mean yeah you're saying they're doing what they're doing but they also lost by 50 wasn't it to the mavericks yeah but we also said that's one game it is one game i know that was awful but i and i think it's scary from like a mental standpoint of like in the middle of that game you would think that you would see some fight back from them and we really didn't um so that was concerning but other than that i mean it really is just one game and they bounced back and they still are four and two so Exactly. Um, they are still four and two, and the Clippers still will probably be that team. But uh, I'm really excited to see what the NBA is. You know, we highlight those players. I know Russell Westbrook's been like almost averaging a triple double, but they're zero and five, and they just won their first game without Russell Westbrook in the lineup. So I mean, for the Wizards, uh, Westbrook, man, you're one of the best stat getters of all time. Uh, you're definitely a very good basketball player, but you're just not a winning basketball player. You know, like we've seen him on very good teams and not perform like he needs to. But, you know, like, he gets stats, and you cannot disregard him, and that means he's a good basketball player, just not a winning one. Yeah, exactly, and I'm with you on that 100%. But um, That's my NBA update as well, all the teams I kind of want to talk about. I can't wait till we talk about all-stars and whatnot here since football season is coming to a close. I know our podcast is going to switch from football to NBA real quick, but uh, – yeah, we're a lot of stuff to talk about. We digested it a lot. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to. We're gonna switch it up. We'll have some other sports as well that we'll be talking about in the future. But um, it's really just gonna be interesting to talk about playoffs. I know in the next few episodes we're gonna be talking some playoff predictions. Might even have some features on these episodes as well. Um, so excited, looking forward for what we got going. But you got any hot takes before we close it up today? The Chicago Bears are going to make the playoffs. I've been the only Bears believer here in the past few weeks, and let's take it to Green Bay today. Bear down, ladies and gentlemen. That's my hot take, of course, to end the episode. But at the same time, thank you, everyone, for listening and showing your support. And uh, a lot of big things, a lot of big things planned here. Uh, We all saw the horse event on Twitter. You know, your boy had to hit that P.E. shot. I'll tell you what, though. He's been practicing that all year, one. We've all seen him. We've all seen him on snap practice and that, so now I know why. And two, man, was that wind awful. Oh, that wind was terrible. I mean, our shots were not going in if you saw the video. 
But uh, a lot of big things planned for the podcast, for you, Mr. Yankovic, for myself. Like, it's going to be a great year. I know 2020 wasn't the best year, y'all, but make 2021 great. I think I had a very successful 2020, a very happy one. So, I mean, moving forward, uh, a lot of big things planned. Yeah, set goals, um, make plans, live live it up this year. We I know that we're still restricted in some ways, but we've all got to do some things differently. Let's make this year better. Let's continue to improve. A lot of crazy things happen, but um, it, we're all for the better for it now. It didn't, we're all still here. We're all stronger from it. But let's continue to grow as we continue on into next year. Awesome. Like I said, Mr. Dizzy, close us out. I got some football to watch today. Let's go. Yeah, Rams Sunday Bears. morning. And if you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Dizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Dizzy podcast.